0: The opinions and views expressed in this video are purely for entertainment purposes and not for investment advice.
1: Hey, what's up, guys? We are back for another episode of Jack of All Trades. I'm here with David and Sam. Uh, we're gonna jump right into it here. um I know the last couple weeks, where are we right now? We're kind of mid mid February in 2022. So this is the first time that we've kind of had like uh, market correction and she's probably what do you what do you think like two years now like how long yeah, has it been um, since the pandemic yeah so the uh I guess, I, well i don't think it was technically a correction i think we hit like what 9.5 percent off highs and a uh, corrections 10 so we are a little bit oh, so, so, was that the technical i didn't even know that <laughs> i think it was it was like it was like just a hair under like being an actual correction but regardless i mean we can consider that a correction um, so yeah, we, we just kind of want to cover that really quick because obviously anyone that's a new investor, a new trader, um, this really is like the first time in a couple of years that we've seen kind of that level of uh, of a sell-off with that kind of volume. Um so what I what I kind of wanted to talk about today, just like you know, really quick, like 15-minute episode or whatever here is just um for anybody that's long-term investing, like we talk about this all the time. Um, these things they really just come down to time frame, right? So, like if you're buying, if you're buying any stock or shorting any stock or whatever, like the main things that you need to keep in mind if you're trading or if you're investing or whatever, it really comes down to two things. Like the first one is time, and the second one is your risk, your risk parameters, right? So like uh how much range are you gonna give the stock before you stop out? If it's a long-term investment and you know, yeah, bad earnings or something, the stock drops, say 50%, doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna sell. It could be a good opportunity to buy. So how do you look for buying opportunities? Um, that sort of stuff. So um I'll show you basically like what I do to look for entries. And it really is super, super simple because that's just the way that I like to keep things. Um, we'll look at some individual stocks here. Um, I'm gonna look at Nvidia first because it is very, uh, it's a pretty technical stock. So when you look at something like this, you know, it, you know, it gets super scary. We're up at, you know, 330, 340, sold all the way down to a low of like, you know, 209 or whatever it was um this is one of my own personal long-term investments you know i've been holding this for quite some time now so so you know it's one of my one of my bigger plays but um you know stocks like this personally i'm always looking to add you know if you're if you're buying amazon if you're buying you know the s p 500 if you're buying like kind of any of these big name stocks it's not really something where you're trading necessarily it's more so something like okay like where where do i look to get my best ad opportunities right so, how do you know when is a good place to buy? How do you know when's a good place to sell? All these kind of things. And if you guys have been kind of keeping up with our videos, you know that I like to keep it very simple, and that I, I just look for resistance lines, and I just look at the candles and the volume, and those are really the three things that kind of tell me where my entries are going to be. So, if we look at uh, if we look at this chart here really quickly, you know, the first thing, you know, up in this area once. Like for me personally once I kind of saw this rejection here I, I sort of had a feeling that we were going to start coming off the highs um you know we kind of had like this big this big volume down here on this day we had a huge run up gapped up and then we had kind of a bigger volume sort of rejection off of you know that kind of 345 close to 350 area so that's sort of a big mental number you know like when I'm playing cheaper stocks I'm looking at you know half a whole and half dollar so like Really, I can look at this like, you know, $3, $3.50, $4, or, you know, $300, $350, $400. Um, they're just kind of mental lines that people sort of uh, gravitate towards. Um, so as this thing started coming down, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, great. You know, let's let's see how far it's going to come down. Like, where can I maybe buy? Where can I maybe trade this? You know, hold a couple of swing positions for a few days, you know, make a quick 5%, 10% or whatever I can make on some bounces. Um, so really you just want to wait, right? So the first thing that you want to do is, is draw where your support and resistance are. And, you know, we've done this a whole bunch of times so we can throw a whole bunch of these in, like we can start way down here, right? So we have these two tops here from way back in, you know, 2020, and then we kind of climbed over, you know, like we kind of bounced off it again, bounced underneath it. So like that to me is a pretty clear line. And then, you know, just kind of work your way up. So we had this here. Again, keeping an eye on volume. So we have big volume. Big volume combined with a bottom or a top always becomes a support and resistance. Uh, So there's another one. You know, we had another one kind of right there at this bottom. Uh, We had another one sort of right around here. And then, you know, you can put your tops on there as well. So we have, you know, this top up here. This top here and then you know we have this top up here and then that's that's pretty much it like for this this cluster up here i mean you know you could draw some lines at the bottom um, but to me like th- these are kind of the main like these are longer developing moves so these are sort of the lines that i'd be a little bit more interested in um, it looks a little bit messy when you put that many on so like you know you can even you can refine it a little bit a little bit more and really just kind of take like this big top here this bottom you know the next big top the next bottom and work through it like that. So, um, as you can see, you know, we did we did basically bounce almost to the penny off of this this support line here, which was drawn from this top way back in what is that, July 2021. Um, but how do you how do you know, right? Like, how do you know when to get into this? And I, I've talked a lot about you know my shorter term trading. Um, I've gotten a lot more successful when I look for what I call confirmation plays instead of anticipation plays. So. Depending on the setup for me personally, like, you know, I'll go in, I'll go in really small, like maybe, you know, 10, 20, 30% of what my max size is going to be um, into a level. And then that way, if it does break, I can stop out for a minimal loss and then I can, you know, jump back in later. Um, but depending on the setup, I might not even do that altogether. I might just wait for a confirmation. And once I see a confirmation, the benefit to that is it's way lower stress for me. And I can also get way bigger size onto the play. So instead of, you know, putting a little bit of money in over a huge range, making a big range back um, on smaller size, you know, I can make a smaller range on way bigger size. And it's actually less stress and more money because I can load into it a lot more because I've, I've, I've been proven by the chart that I'm correct. Um, so this is kind of one of those situations here. And I think David, I think you and I pretty much both bought this on the same day. And I'd like to point out I think I got a dollar lower than you did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure I had like I had like 230 and you had 232 or something I like did, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah. So we'll how we'll, you we'll put it this way, we we weren't talking to each other. I don't know what David was looking at. You were probably using Fibonacci lines because that's what you like to use. I was using what I'm showing you here. We both came, you know, my, my way is better, but we both came pretty close. So.
0: <laughs> Listen, I reached so... the same number. I'm just like, I like to front run a little bit because I'm a little insecure like that. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so front run guys like you.
1: Yeah. Right. All right. So anyways. Um, so what do we look for? You know, we've talked about these, these types of candles right here before. Right. So this is what I call, you know, whenever you see these big wicks, that's that's a that's an indication of uh, reversal and trend, right? So if, if you have a big wick on the top, um, this isn't really a good example because it's already in a downtrend, but uh, like this one up here is a good example because you know it doesn't have crazy high volume, so it's not the best example. But you you want you want these candles to have the biggest volume, you know, in the relative area. So like this one, for example, this is kind of why I thought we were probably going to turn around is because we have this big top wick which is like I i like to see them like at least half the size of the whole candle or even more like i mean if if the candle opened down here and we had like a monster top wick like that would be a very clear indication of a reversal you know something like this like this green candle right here only in the other direction like that's a really clear indication of reversal so when we look over you know down here at this one um so what i'm seeing is you know this bottom wick is bigger than half the candle if you look at the volume on this right there you know it's higher than the last time we had a candle this high was what is that one two two and a half months ago when it first really had that big push so that's significant we're also you know i have these two support lines drawn right here so that's significant so that's basically why i bought this right here you know is i I see it know, we've come down for like over a month now. Um, Up here, we're not really hitting any major lines. There's nothing in the volume, like, like, you know, we have this candle here, which is a reversal candle, but we're still, you know, we're still way up here. We haven't really sold off enough to convince me that we're going to bounce. And there's not enough volume on that candle to convince me that that's the bottom either. That, that I think really was just a function of this 300 uh, mental number right here. I think that's really all that was. So when we get down here. You know, we're getting towards that 200 line. We have you know, long-term support and resistance. We have that reversal candle with the big bottom wick. And we have what I think really is, in my opinion, the most important is the volume because volume shows interest. Volume always shows how many people are trading it, how many people are buying it. So a big green reversal candle like that on big volume, that tells me that more people are buying on this day than they have in the last two months. So when I combine that with a support level, to me that's where you want to buy it, right? So if you're going to go long term, if you're going to, you know, play this for, you know, a, a week or two long swing, you know, you get in 230 bucks, you know, you sell it up maybe at this next resistance here, at this base, you know, just 255 bucks or whatever, you know, you can make, you know, 20 20 30 bucks a share in a week if you want or in my case, you know, I'm just holding this for the long term, so like Even if it comes down lower, you know, I'll look for another entry and just kind of start doing my thing, you know, playing around it or whatever I'm going to do. Um, But that's really what I look for. That's that's I think that's I think a key thing to watch for if you're looking for a reversal in trend. So um, we can look at that as well on, I don't know, maybe something like Apple. Uh, Yeah, so we had, you know, we had a similar kind of thing here even on Apple. Right. So right off the bat. You, know, you can draw this line here. That was your last kind of major top. I don't think there's anything else in that area. And you know, we came down, broke through it here, bounced off of it, and then we continued continued the uptrend. And we had the exact same thing again, right? So, like, you know, the only two resistance lines I sort of see in this area are maybe, maybe kind of these two spots here. Um, you know, something like that, because we kind of bounced off this area a few times, straight at this, you know, 168 line. Um, so we just do the same thing, right? Like I'm looking looking down here and we have that exact same candle, right? Like we got the big, big bottom wick, big rejection, you know, big volume. In this case, it's the biggest volume in roughly a month, maybe a month, maybe six weeks. Um, and it's right off of a main a main support and resistance line. So again, that's that's the sort of thing that you look for where you can go, okay, you know, let that day play out, let it close, and then you know, get back in. And then if it starts to trend back up, you can add and you know, take your profits or you can just use that as a as a you know a good place to enter for for a long-term hold and i think uh i think the s p even did something similar again so yeah yeah like even the s and the s this is actually a really good example because it has a ton of volume but you know if you look at if you look at your levels again i mean this is pretty clear line that i see right here you know we hit it here bounced off of it twice continued the uptrend And then when we started selling, we have the exact same thing again right here on this candle, right? Big bottom wick, you know, it's maybe a little over half the size of the candle. And there's the volume. There's volume as you're buying, right? Big green candle. And that, I think that's the biggest candle in I don't even know how long. like, Like, since, let's go back even further here. Yeah, that was the biggest, that was the biggest volume day. Since March of twenty twenty So, like that's very, very clearly you know a reversal right there. So biggest volume day in two years, right off a support line, huge rejection candle, big turnaround, and you know that's 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 your buy zone. it's it's it really is that simple. I mean, you don't have to know you don't know anything about economics. I mean, or you know, the markets or, what's going on in the world i mean look at the volume look at the candle and you know where where is a clear support and resistance line it's in in my opinion that's a pretty easy one to spot uh the volume in this case is very clear because it's the highest in two years and you know your your bottom wick on this candle is is bigger than half of the candle itself so it's you see that i mean it's it's pretty straightforward in my opinion and it really is that simple, guys. Like you, you don't have to overcomplicate this stuff by any means. Like I, I don't have any moving averages on here. I don't have any, you know, crazy indicators. I don't have lines going all over the place. Like it's this is all I look at, and it works. So, I I I, I,
0: I, I, I want to add though, you could you could do this because you're like you're like battle worn. You and you've got like the confidence and and whatnot, right? Because it's like magic remember being. At the beginning, it's like, yeah, you 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 do the technicals. You're like, I know I should buy here, but you see this giant fucking red
1: candle coming down. And you're just like, fuck, man. <laughs> you know that fear, yeah. right? True, but that's where it comes down to time, right? What's your time frame on this? So, like, for example, like say say you're a, say you're a long term investor like me. You know, like I don't I don't I don't play the the S and P or like like sometimes I play stuff like Apple or Microsoft for swings, but not really. Like most of that stuff, I'm just investing in. So, like for me. If I buy the S&P here like I'm totally fine if it goes all the hell down all the way down to say $320 like that's fine like right now like you know we're kind of we're selling off a little bit again so this could just blow right through that bottom and we could sell off another you know $100 another $150 like that doesn't matter to me because all I'll do is I'll just do the same thing again I'll just start drawing more lines I'll look for that same candle with the same volume once I see it, I'll buy a little bit more. And then if it keeps going down further, I'll just do the same thing again. And then eventually, you know, the market is gonna turn around and I'll have just worked my average down. And then I can just start buying in even harder and even quicker on the uptrend. And you know, that's when you get those big bounces, and those are those are the time periods when you can make the most money. Well, so that's wow. that's why that's why the most important thing is time, right? Like what's your time frame on this trade? If you if you're time like if you're going in with so much size. That your time frame on a on an entry like this is only gonna be maybe like a week. Like maybe you're buying this, you know, at $430 and you're planning to make you know $20 a share, and say it bounces because you have so much size on it, and it bounces up to say $445 and then turns around and it starts looking really heavy. Well, then maybe you just bail because like you're not you're not prepared to leave that money tied up for a year or two years if we go into a bear market. Whereas I am, right? That's that's the way that I that I play these things. What I was going to ask was just that what what if you only have like a limited amount of money? So then you won't be able to keep buying those dips every time you go down. Well, that that just comes down to whatever your personal preference is, right? Like even if, you know, let's say you have like a couple, like a few, say you have like three or $4,000, then in that case, maybe you just buy one share, right? Or, and then you buy one share at the next lower level, or you can just buy you know, all your shares off of this line. And then if it goes way down, then you just, you just ride it down and you just wait for it to come back up. If you can't put any more money in that's the thing, right? Like the market, the market is going to recover. Like it's going to come back. It's just a matter of time. That's, that's really the bottom line. I mean, like, you know, you could have bought this at $480 or whatever, you know, $479 and, you know, and then in the next three weeks, you're down, you know, 10% on your position you know, like it kind of sucks. And like, maybe this goes down to, you know, $250, you know, that really sucks. But guess what, within, you know, a few months, a year, a year and a half, two years, three years, it's going to be back up to this level. And it's going to be higher, right? It's, it's no different than if we look way back here in 2020. Well, you know, say, uh, say you bought all your shares right here at $337. And then you rode this thing all the way down, you know, what 50 some odd percent or whatever it was. You know, you just took a colossal loss for six weeks, didn't sell, and then you just held on to it, held on to it, held on to it. And then, you know, a year later, you're back to break even. Okay, that's great. And then now here we are two years later, and you're up, you know, you're up. What is that? I don't know. I, I can't do simple math. I'm a trader. 50%, who knows? Yeah, you know, you're up, right? You're you're doing well now, like even after this, like you're at. You know, you bought in here at the high is 340 and now it's a 440. You're up hundred dollars a share. Right. So that's, it, it just comes down to time. Like the thing, the thing with, with any of the long-term investments, in my opinion, and like I am newer to long-term investing, I've been trading for a long time. Um, but it, it, it really is just the timing. It's just, it's just the, the length that you're going to be in the stock, what you're willing to commit to put away. And then, the way that you can set yourself up for success, it really just comes down to a couple of factors. And, you know, it's, it's one, never over investing, making sure you have enough cash on hand, making sure you're never going to be in a position where you're forced to sell a stock at a loss. In my opinion, everything that you invest in the market long term should basically be money that you absolutely do not need. Like it doesn't exist. You have to think of it as like a mortgage, like a house. So like if something happens, if your car breaks down, you can't just up and sell your house to fix your car. You have to think of a stock as the same way. Just because you can click the button, have that money instantly, you have to set yourself up so that you you basically don't ever need to do that. So whether that means you need you know $5,000 in savings and cash in your bank account, whether that means you need $10,000, $20,000, 100000 depending on your lifestyle, that's what you have to do. So just because, say you have $100,000 in the bank and you have $100,000 invested in the stock market, well... That doesn't mean you just want to say, oh, the market's going up. I'm going to take all my hundred thousand cash, put that in the stock market because I'm going to make money on it. Okay. well, what happens now all of a sudden if the market crashes like this in 2020 crashes, you know, 50 percent. And then right at the bottom of this here, you know, your your water heater and your furnace and all explode and half your house catches fire. And you go, well, shit, I need I need sixty thousand dollars to to fix all this stuff and repair my house. Well, guess what? Now you've lost fifty thousand dollars because you overinvested, and now you have to sell that to use the rest of fifty thousand dollars. So you just lost hundred thousand dollars because you overinvested, right? So like you, you gotta—it's you, kind of like this weird mental game where you have to where you have to make sure you're just careful, make sure you always have those reserves. As much as we talk about you know cash not really being great because it's deflationary by nature, you have to have cash on hand. In order to cover any emergency expenses because if you ever f- put yourself in a situation where you're forced to sell a stock at a loss that's how you're going to lose in the long run when it comes to investing yeah i think uh, i think you make a great point I, I th- actually i think early in the week we're going to talk
0: about this a little bit how to compartmentalize your money or your finances because it's been super beneficial for both of us mm-hmm. and i was going to say like the thing that helped me out uh, was that my first investment account was an rsp self-directed rsp i think it's such a great tool. Because the money I put in there, I can't take it out. I mean, I can but I'll be taxed to, to like, like it's income. So, you know, I'm incentivized to keep that money in there. And because I, I mentally tell myself, I can't take that money out. Every decision I made in that portfolio in terms of trades, I was all like 10, 20, 30 years down the road. It was all yeah. long-term decision-making.
1: Yeah. That's really smart. Yeah. Like, like what, what I've done personally, and again, this is just kind of like my own personal way that I set things up is I have, you know, I have X amount of dollars in long-term investments and then what i do is you know as i get my you know as i get my my salary like my income from my job um i have a percentage of that where basically on a weekly basis i'm investing a percentage of that money and then you know i i have a savings account as well that's all cash and then i have enough money you know to pay my bills pay my mortgage and all that kind of stuff and you know i just i just kind of coast along like i'm not really i'm accumulating wealth in the markets but my actual cash value is staying pretty much stagnant. And then what I do is like, if I want something like, you know, say I want, you know, I want to buy an ATV or I want to buy a boat or, you know, or I need a I need a new car. You know, if, if, if something like that where it's where it's a want and it's not like a need, like if something breaks down, I have the cash for it because I have my emergency reserves or if something, you know, explodes, I have the cash for it, but I don't touch that for stuff that I want. So that i want what i'll do is i'll just i just stop investing into the markets for a few weeks or a month or like whatever that time frame is and just use all my income and i just save that money and then once i have enough to buy the thing i want then i'll make the purchase and then i go back to what i was doing before because like for me i you know i tend to be a little bit impulsive at times so it kind of saves me for myself it saves me from not just being like oh let's just get this right now because i want it right it kind of forces me to like okay i need to save up for this thing Let's think about this. You know, it's going to force me to think about it for a few weeks. And if I get to that point and I kind of decide maybe, you know, I didn't really need to buy that thing, then I could just put all that money back in the markets. So like everybody's different, but that's, that's kind of like what works for me anyways.
0: I think that's a great contrast for the two of us. Um, we kind of, we, I think we sort of cover the majority of people's income situations where you're, you have the steady, steady income, steady job. And I have, and I'm a more freelance contract worker. And then, so your strategy is to take, a poor proportion of uh, your your paycheck and to put that into investing because it's it's consistent. So you can, you know, basically long far in advance how much you take out. Right. Yeah. And then so for me, freelancing, it's a little bit different because it's like it's almost like sink or swim. Like some days you just um, you make a ton of money and some other days you have no money. So it's hard to hard to figure out, um, plan ahead, like how much what proportion like if I have like back in the day when I used to shoot weddings, just like for four or five months of the year, I was like flush with cash because it was just one wedding after another. But then I could never never use it for anything because going into winter is my down season. I'm like, well, if I get no jobs and this money's basically what I'm buying groceries with, right? right. So so I couldn't put up a proportion of my um, paycheck into it until about, you know, maybe about halfway through Christmas and I'm like, I can see the next 3 months and I'm like, okay, I'm probably going to end up having like a grand or 2 grand extra then I can put that into into my RSP or something like that. Um, so it's a little bit more difficult, but but actually, that helped me too because um, when I opened my RSP, I, I had some money from my old company. It was about six thousand and change, so I put that in there. Then the following, I think, three or four years, I put a, I put like a thousand or two thousand in there each year. Then in 2016 was when money got tight, and then um, I couldn't. I just de- I I decided I made the decision not to put any more money in there. I could have. I mean, I could stretch it, but like you were saying earlier, it's like. You know, now I'm just risking money that I might need, actually need, right? So I put myself in a in a very bad position of putting more money into the account. So I didn't. And then so I've only ever put like fourteen thousand whatever total in my RSP. And then at that point I was like, okay. Like this is like a personal challenge to myself. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna grow this shit or it's gonna just it's gonna be whatever. But I'm not putting a dollar in there more. Like I can't risk it. So I think um I think that's part of like what somebody in my position would have to do, just 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 bite the bullet and be
1: like, you can't risk it. For sure, it's yeah. Like everybody's in a different situation, right? So that's that's why it's just it's very important to really think about these things. You know, not just not listen to the news and get all excited about the hype and say, "Oh, the market's crashing, the market's crashing," and then you panic and you sell, and then it bounces and then it bounces past right where you sold and buy it. And like you know, you get in one of those stupid things where you're where you're you know you're buying at the highs and selling at the lows, and you know, it just becomes a nightmare. That's that's why it's just really important, like you said, to just you know com- compartmentalize put your money in different places and just never get yourself in a situation where you're forced to sell something at a loss, because as long as you're buying good companies, they're going to go up. And, you know, like we've had, you know, we've had bear markets at last years. And that's why if you put that money away, you have to be prepared to not have that money for years. And a lot of people don't realize that. So they just, they get caught up in the hype and, you know, the excitement of things going up and it's a bull market and this and that. And then they overinvest, and then that's when you hear all those really sad stories about people saying like, "Oh, you know, we had this thing happen. I had to sell all my stocks, and you know, then you just end up in these awful situations." And you know, it's like like we're kind of speaking to you know people that are like around our age who are working and growing and stuff. But then, but then there's the other the other side of the coin is like people that are retired, right? So like, what if you're what if you're retired? You're in your 70s and 80s, and then you go into a bear market, and you're you're living off of your You know, off of your investments. Well, it's, in my opinion, it's the same kind of situation, right? You always want to have enough cash on hand that you can survive for at least a couple of years without having to touch those stocks. Because if we go into a bear market, then at least, even if you're retired, at least you have enough cash on hand where you can leave the investments alone, give it a couple of years to at least come back to maybe close to break even. And then you know, once your cash reserves are empty, then you can go back to selling stock and living off that. So, yeah, it really, it really just comes down to the time frame and not over investing. As long as, as long as those things are in check, in my opinion, it's really difficult to lose in the long game in the stock market. I mean, you know, Warren Buffett is, you know, he's he's the king of investing, and like he said it best. He says, you know, the the stock market's a vehicle for transferring wealth from the impatient to the patient, and it really is that simple. It's Just time frame. How long can you sit there, you know, bite your teeth, watch your money go down and then just wait and let it come back up and you have more money. And like, meanwhile, everybody else is panicking and pulling their hair in between. And, you know, you just don't want to be that guy. You just you just got to let it do its thing and relax as long as you're buying good stuff.
0: Would you agree? Because I know it's helped me. But would you agree that it, it helps if you can view money not at its dollar value, but but more like in percentages?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've never really thought of it that way, but.
0: It's I would like You might, you might do it unconsciously, I think.
1: Yeah. Like the way that I think about it is I don't, I don't really think of it as like, like the money that I haven't in, in invested. I don't really think of it as like, like available money as cash. Like I, it, like to me, to me, it literally, it's like in my brain, it's just numbers. Like that's all it is. It's just numbers. It's not, it's not money where it's like, Ooh, I have X amount of dollars. Like I could afford to do this or I could afford to buy that. Like that's, that doesn't even cross my mind because that's not what it's for. Like for, for me, it's, it's my, you know, it's my backup plan. It's my savings plan, it's my retirement plan. It's stuff that doesn't exist for, for decades. That's, that's what that money is. So I, I don't even think of it like that. It's to me, it's literally just numbers on a page and I just want to see those numbers get bigger. That's, that's all it is. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mentally equate that to, to material things. And I think, I think that helps me a lot without uh especially with the stress and stuff too right because like you know if stuff's if stuff's going down and you see that number getting smaller and smaller and smaller some people might think oh my god like I, you know i was so close to being able to sell my stock and buy this new car that I need or whatever right but like for me it's just kind of like oh well, okay well it's a bummer it's going down you know it's i guess i'll just buy some stuff on sale and then maybe in six months i'll be i'll be back up where i was and i'll be even higher because i bought stocks on sale right so it, like it's 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 doesn't stress me out at all because because i set my i set myself up originally um to prepare for this stuff like to prepare for pullbacks to prepare for bear markets to be in this for the long game were you always like that or did you develop that i don't it's weird man because like i like i've always been a really short-term trader right so like i've always been like that's the way that i learned that's the way that i got into it but it it doesn't it doesn't like frighten me to watch things go down like I, I I like I've just started investing you know in the last like year and a half two years or whatever but anytime the markets like go like you know even like recently in the last week or whatever we had our first correction like for me that's my first correction that I've endured in actually having investments in the market and like you know my account went down you know I have a lot of money in my account so like the the actual dollar value of it that it went down was like was pretty significant but I like it didn't worry me. It didn't stress me out. Like I didn't panic. Like I didn't, I didn't feel any concern whatsoever. And I actually, like, like I said, I actually bought more of some, some different companies and some different stocks because like, I I know what they are and I know how long, you know, how long this game is. And like I said, from the beginning, I mean, I'm okay if we go into a bear market for two years or three years or four or five years or six years, because I don't need that money and I have enough cash on hand To support myself, and you know, like I said, I have you know I have full-time income as well. So there, there's no like there, like there, there would have to be so many things that just fall apart in order for me to be forced to sell my stock.
0: So I was gonna say I um I wasn't like that in the beginning. I had to do these mental tricks to to help myself. Um, so that thing about looking at money and percentages that helped me tremendously because like uh because like because I'm a freelancer sometimes I can only toss like a few hundred bucks into the market right. So then at first, I'm always naturally even thinking, well, what's a few hundred bucks going to do? Like everybody thinks that, right? But then I started thinking, well, who cares? If I get 10% return on whatever the amount of money is, that's 10% return. Now, if my entire portfolio was 10% return, that's just beating the market. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I started tricking myself and like thinking like, as long as there's a return and it's a good percentage, it doesn't matter how much money, how much dollar value it is, right? So I'll go into a trade and be like, even if it's $500 trade or it's a $1,000 trade, it doesn't matter if I get, if I get my... 10 20 percent return on. I'm like that's that's perfect, right? And because I think in my head like, well, if I have a ten thousand dollar portfolio and I do ten trades of a thousand dollars a year, and each of them got me back like ten percent, I just beat the market. Market's up seven percent
1: a year average. I just beat the market. Yeah. Right. And then and you can do that sort of stuff by you know doing what we talked about at the beginning is looking for these you know these pullbacks and playing those trades off you know the certain levels and support levels like that's a, those are the ones that you can go bigger into if you're you know if you know how to trade and potentially make money a little bit quicker. Right. So that's, that's kind of why, even though I've never, you know, been through a bear market myself, I kind of welcome it because I know that that just brings way more volatility. That brings way more opportunity for me to do what I know how to do best, which is trade and make way more money during those, during those times. So like, I'm, even though, even though my, my net wealth will go down, I'm excited because I know that during that, that downward process, I'm going to be making a lot of money just trading stocks and then once that thing once it turns around and it rips back up once once we even get back up to the same level that we were before like you know i'm just going to have so much more money coming up behind it because of the volatility that's involved in those markets from doing the little shorter term trades like we were just talking about at the beginning of the episode
0: yeah yeah
1: i actually um i did that with uh bitcoin recently
0: that's twice now i bought the, i bought the bottom i think Mm -hmm. if the if the thirty one thousand held but so I have this one portfolio on FTX. Um, I moved money there last May uh, to to get out of binance for a bunch of reasons. But so that portfolio there, I've only ever done like it's a series of trades, but it's all off two moves. And one move was the twenty nine k bottoming last year, last June, July, whatever it is. And this most recent one the thirty one k. and it, it 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 experienced exactly what you just described, where it's like when the when the bitcoin sell was selling off, yeah, my portfolio was down in total but then I had cash to buy the dip. And now Bitcoin isn't back up to you know, its, its previous highs of 65,000, it's at what, 40, 40 something thousand right now. But my portfolio is back even, it's already right. even. So now if it went back up to 65,000, I'm up like 40%. Right. And that's from being able to buy the dip.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because you have cash on hand, you prepare for these things, right? Like it's, it's the exact same thing with the S&P. Like we were just saying, you know, it was at 480 roughly dollars at, at the peak. Well, if it sells all the way down to say $300, you know, like or like, you know, just for argument's sake, let's say it sells back down to the highs of uh, of the coronavirus, just, you know, as a, as a level, so, you know, 340 roughly. So if it sells back down to here, you know, let's say you started buying in up here at the highs, right? Well, all you have to do is do what we were just talking about. You know, you can buy a little bit off of here and then because that's a level and then let's say it goes through, well, you know, maybe it comes off of this, you know, 400 roughly, level next. Maybe you buy a little bit more there because you see the same pattern. And then, you know, maybe you buy a little bit more down here at 383, you know, you you keep kind of buying at the levels all the way down. And then once it gets down to, uh, you know, say this 340 area, let's just say that's where it turns around. Well, now you've been buying all the way down. So let's say your average is, you know, $410, right at this point. And then when you see it really starting to truly uptrend, you know, you're getting like higher lows, higher lows, all the way up, you're seeing that full reversal, then you can start buying in even more if you have that steady cash flow. And then by the time you get up to $410, well now you're break even instead of when you're at 480. So now you're going to be, you know, now you're going to be making four, you know, 20, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, $60 a share on your position instead of just, you know, buying up here and then just, you know, holding it for the ride all the way through. That's why it's so important to, in my opinion, to, to, not welcome a bear market or a, or a correction or whatever, but to at least take advantage of it, right? Like set yourself up to be able to take advantage of these things because those, those are the quick moves, right? Like, like, again, you know, we say, you know, you get 10% a year roughly on the market overall. Well, we just had a 10% drop in what, two, or three weeks roughly? Yeah. So in two to three weeks, we had the same, the same move as you would typically see in an entire year. Right. So that's why that's why these things are so important, because if you can capture this and then you get this bounce back up, I mean, you know, you can literally make six months to a year's worth of profits on a select amount of money in literally a few weeks if you're prepared for this stuff. That's why it's so important to learn how to to learn how to at least recognize these things and know where the highest odds areas are to get in, because that's how you're going to make the most money the quickest. Like, yes, you know, put your money in long term don't think about it, just you know, put X amount of dollars in every month, no matter what the market's doing. That's totally fine too. Not everybody has time to learn this stuff and to, to be involved in it. But at the very simplest level, I think rewatch the beginning of this video, look at what we talked about here because that is as basic as it gets and that's literally all you have to do to at least pick the right levels to get in at. And then if it goes lower, you just do it again and do it again and do it again. And however you want to buy in those levels is a completely personal decision. Like whether you go in all the available cash you have right here, and then it goes way down and you just, and that's it. You just, you just sit back and let it do its thing. That's fine. Or whether you, you know, take a quarter of your cash here, get ready for the next step, you know, quarter on the next one down, however you want to do it is a, is a personal thing based on your own life. But I think at least learning, learning what to look for, so that you're confident when you know, when the market's turning around, like I don't even listen to the news. I just, I just look at the chart. I don't care what Kramer's saying. I don't care what exactly. cbc's saying. I don't care. I don't care what I hear on Twitter. Like, you know, I, I like on this day right here, I heard everyone, you know, panicking, Oh, you know, this is the end. This is look at it. It's, we've sold off for five days straight. Like the markets are going to crash. We're going in, you know, this, we're going to, we're going to sell right off below $400 and, you know, and then I bought other stocks on this day because I'm looking at the chart and I'm going, "Well, you're clearly wrong." I can I can see it right here on the chart. Like you're you're clearly wrong. The chart is telling me that you're wrong, so I just ignore it, right?
0: Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I didn't take advantage in terms of profiting, but I did kind of mitigate some losses with that exact play that you were talking about that dip. Remember, uh, I'm I'm down like I think my portfolio is down like 48 percent of Mio. I jumped the gun on that guy. I just kept trying to dollar cost average down, and I had one order uh, for nine dollars and forty-four cents. It hit nine dollars and twenty-three cents on Friday. I I got uh, two hits, one on the TSFA, uh, one on the RSP, twenty-four hundred Canadian each. Two days later, it's up thirty-four yeah. <laughs> percent. Like thirty-four percent on any stock, any time frame is pretty fucking awesome. And right, two days. Weeks yeah so that yeah. that captured mitigated my losses and at a time when everyone's going oh no the world is ending like this company's dead it's going to go bankrupt or whatever
1: yeah but you know? well, that's what i mean you can you can still play those bounces oh, if yeah. you know what to look for and like you said at least mitigate your losses right so maybe maybe you take a couple of those and let's say for argument's sake something fundamentally changes with the company and you think okay i gotta just get out of this and eat my loss well at least because of your technical analysis skills you've been able to to Bring that loss down to a manageable yeah. level, so you're not just riding that thing down to the ground, right? Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: That's, so, that's a good point. Like I'll eat losses, but like I'll try to eat as little as I can with whatever tools that I have in front of me.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, I think we we'll probably wrap this one up here. I think that was, I think that was good. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and uh, catch you next week. Make sure you subscribe. We're uh, doing what we do, trying to give you good free info here, and everybody's making money.
0: See ya.